I always, I would give this advice to everybody. I think that you need to focus on having fun. I really do. I, I, I understand that, you know, your 20s, it's the defining decade and all that we've said leading up to this about boys and whatever, of course, like focus on your career and whatever, but know that like it really does pan out. What's most important is that you make memories and you make great friends and you enjoy yourself. And honestly, like if your job or whatever it is, if you're at a school that you don't like, like transfer. If you don't like your job, find another one. Doesn't matter if it's going to put you on the right path or not. If as long as it pays and you're happier, do it. It's like really, it's not that big of a deal. You're in your 20s. It's not going to like determine everything. Just have a good time. It will take you where you need to go. Welcome to Just Go With It, a podcast by 20-somethings for 20-somethings. Fun, flirty, and keeping it real. An absolute riot these days. If it isn't over the top, it ain't us. They came out of college on top. Then life hit them in the face. Be a bit more professional, please. Couldn't shut us up then. Won't shut us up now. Here are the tips and tricks you are going to need to get through your 20s. We are getting into it. Strap yourselves in for a wild ride. Live on air. I'm Abby. And I'm Ashley. Good Lord, it's already season two. Grab a drink, take a seat, and get ready to just go with it. What the hell is going on, you guys? Happy Friday, happy hour. We're back with another episode of Just Go With It with your girlies. And today we have a very exciting guest. We have been loving this train of guests we've been having lately. And we just love getting to know other people and our favorite creators, especially on TikTok, the familiar faces we see all the time. We are here with Talia Lickstein. She is always running around the streets of New York City, vlogging herself and posting it on TikTok and spreading her both um, negativity, which we're going to talk about how some people <laughs> don't like when you do that, and and also her humor, which we are a big fan of. But this girl keeps it real. I was looking through all the videos today and they're fucking hilarious. Yeah. She's also Guys, the host thanks. of the Basic Training Podcast with her friend Jake, which we are going to get into as well. And we are going to have a fun hour together. So welcome, Talia. Welcome to the podcast. We're so excited to have you. Oh, thank you guys for having me. I'm so honored to be here. That was a beautiful intro. I'm I'm just flattered all around. Covering I'm, all the bases. Yeah. A seasoned podcaster over here too with your mic. We all have our mics ready to rock and roll. I know. I always forget it's here. It makes me feel so profesh. So we just came off of a holiday last night when we were recording this, Halloween to be specific. So we must know, since you like to have fun, what is your most embarrassing Halloween in your memory that you can think of? Because Halloween is one of those holidays, just like New Year's and Fourth of July, where someone ends up crying or throwing mm-hmm. up or upset mm-hmm. with what it's they a did. Messy those are- holiday. There's nothing clean about it. It's a messy night. Oh, nothing whatsoever is clean about Halloween. I. What are we? What are we thinking? The age range is for your podcast, just so I know where to keep it. Uh, nineteen like to twenty-seven. Oh, okay. Oh. I think we're good. Oh, I don't know. Twenty-one to thirty-two. Sure. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Okay, so. I um the first that comes to mind is during college I was a senior in like the thick of the covid quarantine you know the quarantine was that summer and going into my senior year of college all there were no parties everyone was just kind of antsy but I decided to go back up to school if anything just to get away from my parents because I'd been stuck with them in a house all summer but the deal was that we all had to like be in our houses sort of like pods and just do all our work, live together, study together, eat together. And that was your social group and you couldn't do anything. So during 
right around, it was October. This was before the vaccine had come, but people in college are starting to like lighten up. Right. And I had not let loose, gone to a party. I was the total like COVID boss of the house in a way that I probably regret looking back on it. Like I could have been a little bit chiller. We were all 21. Like nobody was really going to die, but I was so, so, um, tough about the rules. So no parties, but we decided that we would have a COVID party for just our, all of our roommates at the house. And we all took Molly. Why? I don't know. Who takes Molly when you can't leave your home? It is a recipe for disaster, especially considering what I've just set up for you, which was, it was a hostile environment because we hadn't. Of course, tensions are high. Every minute together for months and we Dear couldn't God. leave. And I was the one who was taking everything seriously. And I finally let us like invite two people over for this party. And everyone was pissed at me about it. And we were all like, let's all put this in a giant vat of, of despair. Our witches pressure brew, cooker. Like, crazy, crazy, you know, you tensions plus Molly. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was so stupid. So I remember having like this total... Uh, panic attack like I'm dressed up as Jennifer's body covered in Play. blood Play. everybody's like I just became very convinced as as the thing set in like there's no music to dance to there's no lights to look at we're all just sitting in the living room like <laughs> grooving a little <laughs> and it's really depressing so don't take Molly if everyone is wearing fake blood and everyone kind of hates each other and yeah. it's Halloween and you're already depressed about not being able to do anything and you're stuck in a living room because I became so convinced that everyone in there wanted me dead that <laughs> I wound up like leaving when nobody was looking and walking around this college town, like wandering into frat houses being like, I don't care anymore. Give me the COVID. Like I was just on another level sobbing, but couldn't stop smiling I don't know if this is embarrassing or just deeply concerning, but that was my COVID story, my my bad Halloween story. Well, no offense, but the statement, don't take Molly if everyone's covered in fake blood, is very much giving Lena Dunham in Girls. I'm obsessed with watching right now. No mm -hmm. offense, but it's giving Lena. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You know what? Looking back on college, like I really – I took a quiz recently because I went on a Girls Rewatch podcast. Oh, okay. And it told me I was like this weird um, – Cyclops looking mix of Lena and uh, Jessa, uh, Hannah and Jessa. Oh, yes, yes. Which yeah. unfortunately makes all the sense in the world. And that is 100%. so like, a lot of her little revelations I have also had. So, yes, don't take Molly sitting in a living room covered in blood. That yeah. wasn't on like my top of my list of things I was going to do this year, but now <laughs> it's certainly on the bottom. Yeah, definitely just don't do it. I think Halloween, Halloween 2020 couldn't have been a good a good time for anybody, but it was particularly bad for me and my my rotted uh, Molly brain. <laughs> Fermented Molly brain. So coming yeah. out of the pandemic, we started to come out and you start to gain attention on TikTok. What, yeah. when, when did you start to gain attention? Do you remember? It was like when you gain consciousness, when you gain attention. Yes, I remember it. I can trace it down to like the first hour that I oh. feel like I started gaining attention. You became a sentient being. <laughs> Women like me and like Lena Dunham remember every moment of our lives that we got a, a significant amount of attention and yeah. a, an uptick in attention. And I remember the exact hour. I was, I had started posting videos um, more consistently 
for the sake, I really wanted to get to like 10,000 followers because I felt that a lot of the jobs I was applying to were looking for people who could prove that they could build a social following. It was like such an important mm-hmm. thing for a lot of the, the like media companies, the things I wanted to get into. This was an emerging um, medi- medium TikTok. So they wanted yeah. to see that I could do it. So I started posting just to like gain a bit of a following, but with no intention of making it um, a central part of my career. And then I went to, I posted a video one night, turned off the phone, turned off TikTok, forgot about it, and went to chaperone my little cousin's high school party that she hosted while her parents were out of town. Everything, Hannah Horvath, it's just you're (laughs) swimming in it. I'm swimming (laughs) in it. So I'm like there and I, all these kids, I'm what, just graduated college and all these kids are like 16, 17. And they were all like, you know, you are the girl from that viral video. I'm like, what viral video? Like I've never had a uh, This is my dream. Video. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I'd be seething with jealousy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not straight out of a TV show. I was like, I don't think I've ever had a really viral video. They're like, no, no, no. You're like going, we would just watch this in the car on the way here. It had been a couple hours and I opened up TikTok. I had, I was watching, I like pulled down the refreshments, the refreshing, I refreshed the notifications and it was just like, hundreds of followers per second like coming in it was like crazy abby has had dreams where this exact scenario happens mm-hmm. so that's how desperate i for dream of fame i do manifesting, baby i i seriously was like these kids were like no you're going viral and i was like you guys are freaking high schoolers like you don't know what you're talking about and i checked my phone and it was like i've gained like 40,000 followers in the past two hours. Like it just started going and it was just one video that went mega viral. And I don't think I've ever had um, a video like that brought me such a, such a big steep people like have one big steep leap and then they kind of like plateau and they just grow over time. So that was like my big week. And um, Mm -hmm. that was, so what was that? That viral video, what was it? What was it that was going so viral that was gaining you that following? It was me talking about things I hate. And it was, Mm. I want to say like less than a minute long. That was before I even had the option to make longer than a minute long video. Yeah. So hence how I said in the beginning, you started right with negativity. (laughs) Yes, I started with that. Yes, absolutely. Um, Would you say that you're a glass half full or glass half empty person in your real life? Oh, gosh. I think I'm a glass half full girl. I really okay. am. I think that I'm very um, inter- I'm very good at understanding the big picture, and I don't get stressed mm-hmm. out over little details, which I think but is mm-hmm. something that it's funny to complain about stuff because it's exactly. Relatable. Yeah. I think the difference between like observing little details and like making fun of them and getting annoyed with them is very different from like like getting obsessed with the details and allowing it to like cloud my vision of yeah. the whole the the whole big picture. A hundred percent. That's like am I gossiping or am I just observing and then rehashing and then what I saw with my facts. friend. Yeah. Is it just exactly. facts? Am I just a reporter? Yeah. Totally. Right. TMZ exclusive. And so <laughs> though because of a lot of stuff you say on the internet, a lot of men and that live in their basements and stuff and on Reddit seem a to come after you. Yeah. It is a double-edged sword. Everybody knows when you gain a following, when you gain attention, like there's always going to be trolls and haters and freaks out there. So what was it like getting the haters and trolls and freaks and like how do you handle it? Like 
am I handling it? Like that, let's, let's first discuss what it means to handle it. Well, we, I combed obviously this morning through all of your stuff and you seem to be handling it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad it seems that way. I, I yeah, you're doing a good I, job playing it off. <laughs> Thank you. I, I go on, right? Life goes on. I have to keep going. I take my breaks. I'm in a, in a hefty break right now, just considering what's mm. happening in the world. And mm-hmm. I just feel yeah. um, I have to like be in touch. I, I have a very hard time being in touch with how I really feel, whether it's like my physical body. I always say like people will ask if I'm jet lagged and I'm always like, I don't know. Like, I just don't pay attention to that kind of thing. Like, I don't know how I feel. Just like, I I need to like really be more in tune with my body. And I, so when I, when people say, are you handling it? I would always say, yeah, it's fine. It doesn't get to me at all. But then I'd kind of look around my place and I'd see that it's a mess and I'm not eating well and I'm going to sleep every night at 4am. And I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm fine, but actually I need to like pick up on the signs that I'm not coping. So Mm -hmm. I'm still kind of learning how to be more in touch with my internal response and how it manifests in my life, even though I personally like I'm pretty good at keeping like a level head and being able to still be funny throughout. That's why I say I don't really know how Mm -hmm. I feel in regards to this, but I do. It does, um, as I said, affect me and the way that I live my life. And I have to just keep keep in touch with that. But as as far as like the boys go like the the i i feel like i tapped into a passion of mine and like a side of my career sort of a i it branched off from this whole just like being funny negativity whatever into this sort of women's activism i guess you could call it yeah and i, call I really it that. like it, I it as scary as it is to like realize how many of these, as you said, the guys living in their basements, like it mm-hmm. is a serious problem. They are a threat and they do threaten my safety. But to oh. real it really opened my eyes to them. And it kind of I channeled my fear and anger that they exist into like, oh, this needs to be a a part of my life's purpose. Like maybe my purpose mm-hmm. is not just to be funny and to entertain. Maybe it is whether that means like, I don't know, further down the line, I create some sort of initiative um, to to challenge them or to deal with them. Or maybe it becomes a theme of this type of stuff that I talk about as a person. But like, I need this to be like a space for women. Yeah. And so realizing how unsafe it is out there, like it, it at least it, it made me I think I'm coping with it by making it a part of my whole shtick, you know. Talia against men bullying on the internet. Exactly. <laughs> Talia v. Basement men. Exactly. <laughs> your tickets now. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I can totally see how that would be crazy. But also with all of those losers and trolls whose opinions clearly don't matter, you also have tons of fans and people who are obsessed with you and like are waiting on bated breath to like get more videos. So that's, I'm sure, been really, really cool and positive as well. Oh, absolutely. It's It's yeah. like... There's actually nothing better than I never could like I could never fathom being like walking through the street and having a young girl like a girl my age come to me and say like, oh, like you're just funny. I like I like how you live your life. Like to me, that's just I I could I could have like a thousand people say a mean thing. And like it it really it changes my whole it pulls me out of everything. Like and I know it's cliche, but like those people just suddenly don't matter in that moment. I won't lie and say they don't get to me. But like one person who is real, who is going to tell me like, oh, no, like it doesn't they don't even need to say you made a difference for me. But like I made you laugh and you're a real other person who sat there and like got joy from me for a moment. Like it is it is the coolest 
fucking thing in the world. Of and course. It, it is, it's worth it. Do you, you know? get approached often? Um, if I need like an ego boost, I'll walk through the NYU area <laughs> because they're like all my age. It, it, it's kind of like, it's the perfect, I would hope that this, um, you know, this is fleeting and I try to not yeah. take it for granted, but this, this level of quote unquote fame, internet celebrity, niche celebrity, whatever it is, mm-hmm. is the perfect, this is, I would never want more or less because I feel mm-hmm. like I still maintain my anonymity because mm-hmm. there are so many age groups that like do not know who I am, but there is a very specific, because of the nature of the TikTok algorithm, I've been able to reach people who are like close in age to me, who think like me, who are yeah. similar to me. And those people just say nice things men. to me randomly in the street, which is like kind of, it's nice. It's like an aquamarine when she has those little earrings whispering <laughs> compliments to her. It's uh, nice. Just walk through a crowded bar in a specific area and you'll hear those compliments <laughs> exactly. floating your way. It's yeah, only a certain age group. Like it's kind of yeah, nice. Yeah. I could like go to the Upper West Side and nobody would ever recognize me there because everyone's like, it's families up there. But yeah, downtown, yeah. it's more young people and they do. This episode is sponsored by First Form. Shout out to First Form for everything under the sun when it comes to health and wellness and also looking fashionable in the gym. Most specifically, I have been obsessed with a peanut butter lover protein bar. Just got that in my most recent shipment. It's delicious. It tastes like a dessert. 20 grams of protein. Perfect snack on the go. I take one everywhere I go with me when I'm going to be gone from the house for a long time. And also, I use their collagen and I've been putting that in my coffee every single morning. Do you do that too, Ashley? Not every morning, but I do. Frequent. Consistency is key, just like the gym. (laughs) But I will say, I feel like I've been looking at my skin, especially like today. Your skin looks fabulous. You've never looked better. Honey, you've never looked better. Thank you so much. Um, I do feel really glowy right now. And I feel like a lot of it has to do with the consistently taking the collagen. I think it's just good for hair, skin, nails, all the things. Um, and so that's been really cool. And then also Ashley and I won't shut up about the tennis dresses and specifically the bike shorts that I wear to the gym every day that Ashley likes to call spandex. <laughs> I'm gonna I, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna wear them under my dress to church like I'm ten. <laughs> because she's literally millennial and she refuses to be Gen Z. No Never say that again. <laughs> Um, but yeah, if you guys are interested in spicing up your workout, um, outfits and everything, they have actually a really great selection of apparel that nobody really knows about. So if you want to support our show, support your health, wellness, get yourself some protein bars, get yourself some collagen, head on over to the link in our show notes and support us and support you. Thank you so much. So I kind of wanted to switch gears a little bit and let's go into some dating stuff. I know that on your basic training podcast, you give advice to the people that call in, which is super fun, but I kind of wanted to do some general kind of dating, you know, obviously 25 year old girl advice. You're about to be 25, right? Am I wrong? Yeah, next month. Yeah. Happy birthday. Um, I just turned 25 like last week, but I was going to start with break up versus taking a break. What are your thoughts on that? Oh my God. Well, first of all, happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Um, What were you going to say? I want to make sure I get the whole question. Just general thoughts. What are your thoughts on breaking up versus taking a break? Is taking a break a real thing or is it called a cop-out? Let's call it what it is. I think it's a cop-out. I think that it's – We've, we've addressed this on our podcast a zillion times and people always still have the same question. Like they always mm-hmm. call in with a different version of should we just go on a break or is it a breakup or whatever? And so I'm not going to dismiss it as like just ignore it. It's just a breakup. I understand that this is complicated from person to person. That's why calling it a break exists. That's why we don't all just call it a breakup. Mm-hmm. But I just wish that people would 
step back and kind of look at the big picture. That can be the theme of this episode. Look at the big picture and like you're in your 20s, right? Where I'm not going to say, you know, I used to say things like you're in your 20s. Why the fuck would you be thinking about like settling down or wasting your time? (laughs) I don't know when you want to get married or if you do or whatever. But for me and for most people in their 20s that I know, this is a very crucial time in your life to be establishing who you are, what you're going to do, building up yourself and your network as just an independent person by yourself. And I think that if anybody in your life is making it complicated enough that you have to do things like take a break and be curious about whether or not that's a breakup, or Mm -hmm. you have to, if they're even just like making you question at all whether you should be together. Like it's either somebody adds to your life in this critical time or they don't. But I think that the break or breakup question becomes more relevant maybe later in life when like, I don't know, you're more established in your career. Like you know what you want to do. You have less questions. So you can focus more of your confusion on a relationship. But Mm -hmm. I think that if you're going to have a relationship in your 20s, it should be like yeah. unquestionably adding to your life and you should never even have to have this question of should we take yeah. a break. Well, I was listening to Lindsay Metzler not too long ago and she was saying something like it should not be hard. Like none of this should right. be hard at it this age. Be hard. If, if your relationship's making things harder, obviously there will be hard times, but if it's literally making your life harder, that he's got to go. Yeah. What's if it's point? not a hell yes, it's a no. And I also think, so I'm a serial monogamous. Something about me, Italia, is I go on lots of dates with lots of boys and have had lots of boyfriends and flings throughout my You're life. You're like, let me tell you, Talia. No, I'm pretty <laughs> Well versed. No, I just love like weighing in on this topic because it's very interesting to me and all that. And I always think like nine times out of 10, if you're going to go on a break, it's just the beginning stages of a breakup. And it's just somebody who is not an Enneagram eight, who has a hard time having those conversations, who doesn't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Um, and like, just call it what it is. But I do think obviously in certain situations, the outlier is the break is going to actually benefit the people long-term. And that's only between two very mature, very secure people, which usually is not what the relationship (laughs) is happening with. So yeah, if you're like a little bit older, more established, like you were saying, and you guys are very clear about what this break means. And if you're going to go on a break for a very specific reason, then I think it can work. And I've seen it work in certain other relationships, but in general, in like our younger mid twenties, like, please, there are so many fish in the sea. If this is not the one, like, thank you next. Let's move on. Exactly. We are in complete alignment. And now you have it from the perpetually single and also from the serial monogamous. (laughs) You got it from both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, there you go. Perpetually single, but Talia, in like off the top of your head, what's your worst first date that you can think of? The first thing that came to your mind when I said that though. I had one last week. My mom's like, I'm I'm in so not in a dating mood. Call it antidepressants or whatever. I don't know what it is, but something's going on. There's a chemical thing where I'm just like, celibacy sounds really good right now. Like, I'm just so (laughs) not into men at this moment. But my mom is like being like the classic Jewish mom that she is. She's like genuinely very concerned about that. And it's like, you need to socialize. You need to meet men. Like, she really thinks it's going to be a problem if I get used to it. I think that Mm. she might be ingrained with a little bit of a an antiquated view as modern and cool as she is. I think that she's like very convinced that I need this to be happy. And I'm like, maybe not, but different story, different podcast. (laughs) So she is like very much pushing me, get on hinge, get on hinge. So I did a date to like appease her and give her something to, you know, give us something to talk about. I go on a date with this guy. 
And first of all, the first thing is like I can smell his breath like wafting across oh the table, no. which wasn't great. Oh, but no. you know, we're chatting and it's just it's so weird to me. The weirdest type of guy is like a guy who seems so disinterested in me and the conversation, but then wants to like expects a kiss at the end or expects to see me again. It's like I don't know if you're just playing it cool or what, but I don't like that. I want enthusiasm. So I agree. I, figure out a way to like end the drinks. And I say, there's an yeah. ice cream place around the corner. Let's cut this to one drink and then I'll, we'll go out to ice cream and then I can kind of be like, well, this is great ice cream date. Bye. So we're in line for ice cream. There's a guy in front of us that looks so familiar to me and I have no idea, but he's kind of cute. And we keep like making eye contact and I'm like, who the fuck is this? So embarrassing. Like, I don't know who this is, but I know we know each other. And as I say goodbye, where I leaned in and my head hit this guy's chest and his lips hit the top of my forehead, like right here, which was so embarrassing for him. Like a rom-com. It's like, why did you think we were going to kiss? You barely like asked me a question. But so I go home and I check my phone and I have a hinge message from this guy who says, hey, I know you saw me. I was in line at that place in Gramercy. Kismet. And that guy you were with looked like a dud. I'll take you out on a better date. Shut you up. That's so hot. Now we're like, you have to go. That's I know. I, I thought that was kind of cool. He can notice that it was such a poor date and that you right. were probably jumping through conversational But you're quite literally making eye contact go. with him in the line. Yep, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I was impressed by his his boldness and I thought it was kind of serendipity. So maybe I'll go on a date with that guy. But you the first date was bad. We're waiting for a sign. We're telling you, you should go with this new guy. And oh, please yeah. update us after because now I'm invested. Yeah, talk about it on TikTok, please. We'll be following. <laughs> for sure. So for sure. Through all of my internet sleuthing earlier, I noticed that you are an only child. So is Abby. So do you feel like you have to turn tricks for your parents because you are their sole source of entertainment? <laughs> <laughs> I um yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, they're such great parents, but they don't even understand. Like they always you know, they assure me like, there's no pressure. Live the life, yeah. live your own life, blah, blah, blah. But then they make certain comments and the way that they are, like, they don't understand that they, I, there is inherently pressure in the fact yeah. that I'm the only one. I'm their first and only try. I'm the first pancake. Like everything that happens is like, <laughs> they don't get another shot. I think that they are so, um, progressive about you know me being like I've always said I I don't want kids it's like a big thing of mine I really feel Uh that way and they're so like you know insistent that I'll like you'll change your mind like they really do push that yeah and they're like the clock's ticking for us (laughs) exactly it's like first of all they had me when they were 40 and they're very concerned if I do have kids which I really don't think I do I will it'll be when I'm like 40 I'm waiting a while And they're like, we don't want to be really old grandparents. I'm like, whose fucking fault is that? Like, you had me old. Like, what do you – you want me to have a kid young? Because why? Like, you You raised me to be this person. (laughs) Right? I think what I'm trying to say here – Your house. (laughs) It's like your – you did this. Like, you – they raised me. They're such – cool I, I don't want to say like hippies but like they kind of are like my mom wears denim skirts they're just like Uh-oh. such fucking cool people I really love them and admire them and I think that they're so smart and so like hip and progressive and and open-minded people but they don't understand like they raised me to be that person yet they yeah. do have like traditional things that they're like whoa wait, wait, wait we raised you to be like just like us but 
you want to have a kid at the same age as us? Like, what are you talking about? And it's like, yeah, you made me this way. So I do feel certain pressures, but not because they intend for me to have them. It's just built in, you know? They just don't want to be 90-year-old grandparents. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And it's like, you know what? Okay, then go like – I don't know. Do big brothers, big sisters. Like, go <laughs> adopt a kid. I don't know what to tell no, you. totally. Like, go hang out with someone else's kid. I'm sure they'll let you. Everyone's right? trying to get away from their kids sometimes. I know. I, it's like, it I, it's kind of sad because they're really, they're not going to be grandparents. But like, I just, I don't know. They're they're crafty people. They raised me to be they're such. Crafty. Like, why can't you just come <laughs> up quick with on something? Feet. Yeah, yeah foster you, a kid. Do you have really close girlfriends who will have kids that your your parents could pretend to be the grandparents of that child? That's a good idea. De- we definitely have many family friends. We, I, I mean, I have cousins who already have kids. I have nieces Perfect. that they play with. Like it's great, but back off then. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, back to after the children tangent, which is an everlasting conversation. But back yeah. to the dating thing. What do you do? Okay, next question. What is your hot take if you do not like someone that your friend or sibling is dating? Oh, Dolly Elderton. Dolly one. Elderton says you will never be happy with the people your best friends end up with because we love our best friends so much, and nobody probably. holds a candle. We view them yeah. like our kids, probably. Yeah. yeah. But what do you think if you don't like who your best friends are dating or siblings? Same thing. Well, first of all, great reference. I agree with Dolly on like yeah. pretty much everything. Me too. Um, but I, I think I, I honestly, I'm coming to terms with that. A co- maybe a yeah. year ago, I would have disagreed with I that think statement. It's called our frontal lobes for me fully. Mm-hmm. I think I'm getting there. I have one yeah, last month that. until it's done cooking. So everybody, <laughs> you know, I got to make my stupid decisions now. But I, I mean, I, I got, you know, my biggest, my most frequent tiff that I have with my friends is always regarding who they're dating. I have mm-hmm. such really? a, but it always comes back to. I really think that I have a love for my friends that I see such potential in them. I really, I've known them for so long and I really like, I think that they're capable of so much. Mm -hmm. And when I feel like they're not with somebody good enough, my controlling bossy side comes out sort of like a parent. Like I feel the things I hate about my parents where I like push them away because it really is because they know me better than anyone and they love me more than anyone. So yeah. they know they, they feel like they know what's right for me. Yeah. Maybe they don't always, but like, I can, I get mad at them for that? No. So I'm trying really hard to like my, my new thing is I don't say anything about mm-hmm. their, about their person, but it's like my most frequently had fight and probably my biggest like issue as a friend is that I'm just extremely so you bossy. You used to speak up. You used to be like, hey, how would you speak this up? Guy yeah. is not it. Because there's I, a small I, window I when you can do that. Ways. I was so petty about it. Like I got in a huge fight last year with a friend. I didn't like her boyfriend and I didn't like that he had shown up to something that he was not invited to. So mm. he like drove us somewhere and I slammed the door without saying anything. <laughs> and then <laughs> like I was a teenager. like happy, like a teenager. <laughs> But then our other friend had shown up with her boyfriend that I hadn't met yet, who uh, like I probably was way worse than the former boyfriend, like also not a great guy. But he showed she purposefully didn't come to whatever we had first, like the dinner, because she was going to be with the boyfriend. So she didn't want to crash the girl's dinner. And then she brought the guy after, which to me was like, I think that was a really solid move. I was like approving that. So... Even though I couldn't care less about her boyfriend and he probably wasn't good enough for her anyways, I walk into this place with the other girl and her boyfriend watching. 
I give like the most giant hug to the other boyfriend. I'm like so happy to finally meet you. I'm so petty glad you're here me. with us tonight, which was so fucked up of me and so petty. And we got in a huge fight it. about it. It's 100% giving. So. Once again, though, Dolly Elderton in like her book and stuff. Yeah. Very petty. It was mean. Yeah. It was mean. It was petty. But it was like, okay. Like I, I just – it's I, I then had to have a conversation where I think that I, yeah. you know, I just articulate how I feel about it. And it really yeah. does, I think, come from a place of love. But I'm – it might be uh, getting only child more. also. Yeah. I think it's a little only child. Yeah. I'm yeah, such a girl girl that I cannot fathom. Like I don't understand the mindset of girls who think it's okay to infiltrate on girl time with boys. Like there is a time and place for boys and there's a time and place for girl time and there's a time and place for it all to blend together and like beautifully. But when you force it and you try to blend it in a place that's not where it's not welcome, like your girl's dinner that you're describing, it's like almost just better if you don't come. And it makes me right. so sad. But like that second girl's option where it's like, okay, I'm just going to like show up after and like bring him for drinks or wherever if we're going out. Like we just have to be smarter about this. Like, right. We, and also we need to prioritize our friends. Like we don't need to be like hanging out with that's also every fucking night, you know? And that's right. also giving the thing, which I hate when people do this, when you're trying to make plans with a bunch of your girlfriends and one person's like, well, I can't do this day, this day, this day, this day. So let's plan for three weeks out because I can't do anything. And you have to just step back and say, well, I can't come. You guys go. Right. Like stop making the plans. Yeah. Right. Extending. Same I think story, as though. we're getting older, just like – growing up and in, in like my age, I have a lot of friend groups that are like a little bit older than us too. And I think people are getting better at protecting their peace and being respectful of that as what you're talking about, Ashley, because people all the time will be like, yeah. I can't go to this, but like, don't let, don't let that stop. You guys still go. But then I think in college, it was more like, I can't miss a single yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has right. to work around me. Or it's- also I hate when people are like, I don't want to go out, but let's change the whole plan and do dinner instead. And, and you're like, like, no, no. Oh. <laughs> I, I just can't stand that. that. I yeah. can't stand that. Well, there's yeah. a lot of things that I'm getting, like, I feel that we're getting too old for in terms of socializing and different yeah. types of social events. I'm like, yeah. I will never go to another birthday dinner again. I'm not doing that. We are out for birthday dinners. I'm I'm done on birthday dinners. I have attended I just my went last to birthday, four dinner. birthday dinners for Ashley in a row. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't count. She was visiting me. One was with back to family. Back to back. To back four One was with family. What else were you going to do? <laughs> fine but like <laughs> she said fine. i am i am just done i need to make a tiktok about this i am done pretending that it's like a, an apt way to celebrate you to like sit across from your roommate that i haven't seen in two years <laughs> with a bunch of other people where i can't even talk to you we're just at a rectangular okay well table and like splitting a pasta that i then have to pay 50 bucks for like it's no, just so dumb no there is no splitting bills so evenly true. for birthday dinners that is a hard you guys hard i have a horror story oh, have, i just yeah. brought this up because i was at a birthday dinner last night and it gave me ptsd from a birthday dinner a few weeks ago it was exactly what you described talia it was me across from some people that i like didn't really know and like half the table was like her friends from her past and then half the table was like her friends from her current life right and Nobody really knew anything. And luckily I was, you know, the maid of honor of the birthday dinner. So I got to sit next to the birthday girl. But the whole That's thing. That's fun. Okay. The whole thing ended up being so motherfucking expensive because we all decided to get the the tapas where you like pay by the head. And then these girls on the end of the table who I don't even know were buying bottles left and right of wine. And we we had one singular glass of wine and then the bill comes and they're like, oh, do you want all 10 of us to just split it evenly? And then we'll all cover the birthday girl's dinner. And I was like, um, like, sure, I guess. And I end up paying $90 for dinner for dinner for myself, which I would never do. Never. Never. 
I went and to Chinese like, I didn't food drink any of their wine. So like, okay, right. no problem. We no went problem. to fancy Chinese food. It's like I couldn't no. have just bought you Pan Express and called it a day. It tastes the yeah. same. And like, it's so so stupid. I'm happy yeah. to celebrate my friends. I'll do. I love my friends so much so that like I don't want to like sit with people that I don't know. Yeah. In order to celebrate you, I'd so much rather like treat you to a beautiful dinner where the two of us can catch up or something like that, or come totally. to a party, and then it's more of like an activity. But to sit and eat with yeah. people. It's just not fun. I'm like over pretending that it's fun. <laughs> to each their own. It's so real. I've had so many birthday dinners in the past couple months. Like yeah, it's you just slammed. Central. <laughs> um, okay. On the inverse of what I said a few minutes ago, if everyone in your life is telling you they don't like the person you're dating, you have to tap out, correct? <laughs> Yeah, of course, but I would never date somebody who everybody didn't like. Like, it just wouldn't happen. I don't know how Unless that does happen. I'm not telling you because we're all grown up now and we're not supposed to say anything. Yeah. Okay, true, but, like, honestly, wh- why would people not like them? Because, like, like, like stick not in the like mud. them enough to talk about it. A stick in the mud? I would Ugh. never date a stick in the mud. I know. That's I true. That's just like- going against what, – what's your Enneagram? Because you're giving the Abby a little bit. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah. Um. I don't remember. Uh, I think it's an eight. Yeah, that's Abby. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> okay, there you go. So I haven't taken it in a while, but I love those personality tests. Yeah, I just like I can't conceptualize myself dating somebody who was like – like if anybody had a valid criticism, I would accept yeah. it. Yeah. But like what's their criticism going to be? My my issue that I always get from my friends is he's too old for you, which is like valid, oh, but also like – What does that like, mean? Wait, please do oh, share. I have such a habit. I have such a habit of dating like grandpas. It's the worst. My type is like <laughs> Jewish guys, Jewish like old millennials who like love like the Grateful Dead and fish and like – So they were born in what? Like 87 or something? <laughs> yes that's like the target year actually like it's that is very the much fish, it the fish was the giveaway for me <laughs> yes it's like these it's like all it's such a specific type like democrat jewish it's almost say? give oh go What'd like you say? 35 36 year olds yes you're 25 giving okay. that as if you are the age you are now and how i met your mother came out and you would date one of them possibly exactly I feel like that like, is <laughs> It's I just like love millennial dudes and it's it's huh. so weird because Is it like, because they're more I, established and they have more money? Is that what it is? They never have money, the ones that I like, which mm. is like the worst thing ever. Like why can't they be rich? I can't get the ones that, you know, it's not like they're I don't like um I'm very turned off by lack of ambition. Like I would never be going out with a guy who was broke because he didn't have passions. But it's the never like trying, people yeah. assume when I when I like um older guys that it's because of the money and it's like they never have more money than a guy like my age really but I do mm-hmm. there's and it's so weird because I don't have like daddy issues or anything but I like the idea of like feeling mentored and protected by somebody who what like is is I don't know not that much better than me usually they're like 35 year old duds but I'm like <laughs> totally. yes tell me I'm funny it means a lot coming from you like I don't know <laughs> we have to get through the duds to find the diamonds in the rough um, I would right. much rather be well seasoned and be a veteran in this field than somebody who's a one and doneer who just picks the first person down the block and goes, "Sure, you'll do." 
for the rest of my life. Like, I don't know about that. That's probably my biggest fear, maybe. (laughs) I'm so convinced that that's how guys date. Like, I'm very, a lot of people have tried to disprove that sex in the city cab theory, but I think we talk about it all the time with our, yeah, with each other. I think it's very accurate. If this is your first time tuning into our podcast, we do talk about the cab theory a lot, which basically just means guys go through their life. If someone can say this in a more polished way than me, like, please let me know. But guys basically go through their life in the taxi of life. And whenever the light turns red, they get out of the cab and they look and they say, okay, you're the next person in my life and and you'll do. It's just kind of whenever the guy's ready to settle down, it's whoever just happens to be in his path. Yeah, exactly. And he can drive forever with his cab light off because he's yeah. just having fun, picking up girls, dropping them off. But as soon as the yeah. light's open, like he's ready. It's not about the girl as much as it yeah. is about the time in his life. It's like, all right, I've had my fun. And I yes. honestly, that's the way men operate. Like, they're yeah. very simple. And women and will very, go forever and ever. They're very, for the like, black and white, usually. Exactly. And that's why I'm just so unimpressed with them. Like, at the, I'm at yeah. this point where it's, why do I even bother? Like, they they just so don't care. Yeah. Show no, but anyways. The biggest issue, last thing. I'm so attracted to like traditionally masculine men where they are those very black and white, you know, one track minded, very not simple minded, but you know what I mean? Like they're not very complicated. They're not very deep and introspective and like all this stuff. Oh, introspection is such a turnoff. I'm sorry. I can't. Like if a guy wrote poetry, wrote songs. No, absolutely not. First of all, you're a man. What do you have to like write songs about? Like, I don't understand. Writing is for girls. Writing is for like having deep thoughts about the world and like your place in this world. Like poetry is supposed to be beautiful and about like your life experience. What the hell does a guy have to say? In Only a piece of art? can put pen to paper. <laughs> Only no. a woman could put pen to paper and describe their life experience and well, make it interesting. I was thinking the other day because me and Abby both enjoy like reading books for fun. I can count mm-hmm. the times on two hands that I think I've read a book by a man. I, there's just nothing so boring nothing like what do there, you yeah. have to say yeah. I'm boring basic throwing tomatoes yeah, boring and lazy stupid <laughs> i appreciate like male i really like writers like comedy writers or yeah um no sitcoms like, funny funny and dumb yeah that's your place people boys. who play in a band play an instrument is fine but to like be a john mayer of sorts no that's no. disgusting i don't yeah, like that, that just makes me feel like they're going to like manipulate me or at least try to or like try to psychoanalyze me and like weird stuff that i don't they don't have any business right. doing yeah. like just sit in the corner and watch football however the simple men like don't know how to dress themselves which is unfortunate <laughs> so, yeah, where's the middle ground it's a double-edged sword it really is i don't mind not knowing how to dress like have three t-shirts that's fine that really? is so fine Ew. really you're okay with the flannel like over the t-shirt oh i love the flannel over the t-shirt i i I would so much like to be interested in like worldly interesting men, but I'm so attracted. And it's weird too, because it doesn't really line up with who I am as like, like politically and like, who, like I'm so going on here. <laughs> many, many, like I'm just very, I'm, a, I'm a living contradiction. I say things about a celebrity and then I completely say the like opposite thing the next week. It's like, what are you talking about? But I, you know, I, I love like, for example, I was so psyched when I saw like Harry Styles was getting popular for like, you know, gender bending and fashion and like, oh, I love that kind yeah, of stuff. That but dress, the, guy, the guy that I am with has to be like the most like heteronormative. I don't know if that's the word, but like he has to look so just like straight dude, chopping wood, owns three t-shirts. I want him to have like a northeastern accent and i just want him to like just be normal like mm-hmm. i i i love like eclectic people but the guy i'm with can't be 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I need to be able to figure you out. Like, I don't want to be true. guessing. You can't be mysterious. It's not going to work. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Last dating question. What At what point do you think someone should send you a text saying, hey, this isn't going anywhere? And then you respond. I, I was going to say the same thing. But at what point <laughs> should – like seven dates – some people send one after one date, which I think is a little absurd. Um, four, Unless like, the what's the deal? Really bad, then it's fine. Like, just bye. stop texting. Yeah, I'm like very pro ghost after one or two yeah, dates. Yeah. Like, why would I need? I think it's like nice when a guy makes the effort to say like, "Hey, I had fun, but I don't think this is gonna go anywhere." I'd be like, "Okay, I would just like the message or something." But yeah. if it's if it's been like one or two dates, I really don't need some paragraph about how you like me, but blah, blah, blah. Please don't tell me what you don't like about me. It's almost insulting. Like you don't know me well enough. It's so I would rather. Certainly not that. Right. I, I would yeah. so much prefer we just like forgot to return each other's text message yeah. and it was done. Like I, I would not be offended by that. Oh, I think a good um way to determine when it's okay to text is have you had sex yet? After you've oh. had sex. I think you need to give some sort of um, put in some effort to make it a clean I'm break. Interested in having sex again? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, you can't like ghost after sex. It's just mean. But you can no, that's mean. say like you know, let's hang out one more time, and then you can. Um, let's have sex one more time, and then I'll break up with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, no sex is the last time you hang out. That's my rule. You got to create a platonic buffer. I'm very pro closure. Mm -hmm. And that is speaking from experience also with a lot of my friends being very anxious girlies and seeing how they interact with men is like so insane to me because they'll overthink like every single little thing. And I'm like, guess what? Guess who isn't doing that? Literally any man. Because men don't give it a literal shit. They don't sit there and ponder for days and weeks. Like, no, girl. No, we are moving on. We're moving forward. But I'm also very pro, like, cut it off. Very clear expectations are there on the same page. Like, I, like, if you're just texting, who the fuck cares? But if you've been on one or two dates, like, I think a little text of just like, hey, I don't see this going anywhere is cool. But not what you said, certainly totally not, the, not the paragraph. With, but no like, more than 12, 10 words, whatever that sentence was just yeah, was, 10 just to 12. And but I'm like, pro honestly. Yeah. Um, the mental awareness to do that, but you have to wear a flannel and one track of mine, football only. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you exactly. have to be mentally aware enough to do that also. No the hair side. below the ears, no like weirdly colorful outfits, no like high fashion, no That's earrings. That's so funny you said your parents are hippies and you're like a progressive. I know. Parents, my dad's kind of into like dressing nice too. Are your parents and from Northern just- California? Is that why they're hippies? No, they're both East, East Coasters. Oh, that's why they're hippies. Yeah, they both and they and they moved, they rebelled. No, they um they, they rebelled. rebelled. They rebelled. They <laughs> they are from Boston and New Jersey. Mm, they rebelled. They <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> yeah, they drew. They drove. They made their pilgrimage cross country <laughs> Oregon Trail to Venice Beach. Oh well, there you go. Okay, nice. um, how silly. And then okay, so any other dating questions, Abby, that you think would be silly to discuss? Um. That I didn't name already. I just have like a – I love to get your opinion on men paying for stuff as someone who also dates – like often dates not poor men, but you know what I mean, not people who are loaded, okay? Yeah. I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not going for the rich, rich men. One time, okay. one of Abby's ex-boyfriends, who is our dear, dear, dear friend now, he was like, Abby, Abby smells 
what poverty and comes running like her pheromones go great or it's like a pheromone to her yeah i like crush oh. up food stamps and like do a line with it yeah everyone. oh my god no what problem. an unfortunate taste you have i know and i don't even think i go in intentionally being no, like i want to take this person or take them under my wing it's really none take of that under like, my wing. like i would love to be taken care of however oh, i just find these poor men and then i find all the good things about them and i run with it um but anyway. We all have our vice. So obviously, chest hair does something for me too. Chest hair. I can snort male chest hair. So you must see how hairy Travis Kelsey is. Oh, did he say the same thing? Yeah, he's so oh, hairy. Is he hairry? Like, oh, like, like wearing that. a sweater. He's wearing a sweater. Oh, that's so hot. <laughs> okay, yeah. look it up later. Sorry, no. keep going. Obviously, <laughs> on the first date, men should be paying. In my opinion, no matter what, no matter what the hell you're doing, it's the first date. But what are your thoughts on like second, third, fourth activities, etc.? Like, where does it go from there? I feel that I totally agree with you. The first date, I think that a lot of men have it wrong in what they think we want them to pay for. Like, they think that we want them to pay because it shows us that they are capable of treating a woman to this kind of thing. I'm not looking for that. I'm more interested in an acknowledgement of the natural inequality in our dynamic. Like for me, Mm. for the guy to pay kind of shows me that he understands that we are not on equal uh, ground on level ground. It was a well-spoken sentence you just pulled out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Oh, good. I'm glad. Well, I just, it's, it's like not about like they, they're, uh, and you know, I spend so much time with these in- all, all day long. I read about incels, try to understand them. And a big thing is that they are so convinced that they are, women are like going on dates for the purpose of getting free dinner, which is like, trust me, I do not want to sit and listen to a guy. I would rather go hungry than listen to you talk. There are many dates I've been on where I'm like, I'd literally rather go to sleep starving than be on this date right now. I, there are, I'm not here for food. But a few weeks ago, Abby, you told me you were like, I don't know, like the commission check. I just broke up with someone time to start dating again for dinner. Right. You know, no, like, you know if you're really broke, I get it. Seven days a week. Like, I just, it's not feasible. <laughs> I, you know what? If you love it now and it's worth it to you, fine. But like, for no, me, dinner, a dinner is way too a long. A dinner is too long to sit through for someone that you, it's like, to listen to their bad breath that you said earlier. Like, that's too much. Oh, <laughs> to listen to you, like, tell me stories that you think are funny and have to pretend to laugh. Like, it's actually, it's kind of torturous and there's nothing that I, in the world there's no meal that would make me do that it's just i'm going out there for the sheer hope of like maybe i'm hope of it all yeah so yeah so that's i I just think that they're totally like they're so misunderstood in terms of like what we want when they're paying yeah but yeah so the first date i expect them to definitely pay because they're acknowledging that um unequal footing but then Later on, I really just don't think it's that big of a deal so long as they've established that they're willing to offer. Like the second date, I definitely think they should offer and it's really up to you. Mm. But like something, a move that I really like to pull is like on a second date, for example, say we like went to drinks again mm-hmm. with that guy and I really liked him and whatever. Then on the, the like, you know, I would suggest, oh, let's go to ice cream, my treat because it's my idea. And I want to show you that I'm sort of invested in you. And like, I want to return the yeah. favor because I'm grateful that you paid for these three drinks until now. So to me, that's like, so long as you have the cash, it's a kind of a nice gesture to on the second or third date, not pay for the whole dinner, but offer a little dessert or something. Yeah. Just to show that you're grateful and that you want to see him again and that you're like serious about it. Yeah. Um, so I don't think paying after that is really that big of a deal unless you like 
it's it's a whole different ball game when the guy has a lot of money and you don't and he knows that then he should really be paying for everything honestly like i just and i think that way about like married couples too like if you're living with a guy who makes five times as much as you obviously you should not be splitting that rent equally like that's not it's ridiculous so if he knows that you don't have any money and he does he should be paying but if you're about equal same then i think you can start offering second or third date not a big deal yeah. Okay, cool. I think everyone has different opinions on that. So it's always interesting to hear a fresh take. Um, yeah, back in the dating ring. It's interesting. It's it's just a delicate balance. It's a, a thin tightrope so we're walking out here. Yeah. Feels like you're in a sitcom. Yeah. Um, it does. It's good material every time. It's yeah. very good material. Um, one last thing that came to my mind really quick. You see you you love going out, right? Do you? Yeah, it's it's less frequent. Yeah, you're not a shut in. I can enjoy it. Um, you see someone in the wild. Are you approaching him ever? And what are you saying? Yes. Yeah. I like a little liquid courage though. It's amazing. I always think that I'm confident, but as soon as I have like two drinks in me and I notice the difference, I'm like, oh, it really does help me to like have a little only child on steroids, yeah. (laughs) It really helps. Yeah. (laughs) But um I did it this weekend or yeah, over Halloween weekend. I just like thought this guy was cute. And yeah. I, when I first walked into the place, I, we like made eye contact and had a little like moment, him and my friend and I, she was way too hot to be going out with. That's a whole different story. It sucks. <laughs> like, go out with somebody That's like I cannot go out with this girl again. Like it's honestly such a problem, but so I couldn't really tell if he was looking at her or me anyway. Yeah. So we felt that out. It's like and in grownups like, real quick. It's like in grownups when the ugly sister, she's standing below the hot sisters and she's like, what a perv. He's totally checking me out. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how I feel when I'm with her. Every single and she's so nice about it too. She'd be like, "He's looking at you." I'm like, "Shut the fuck up!" He's looking all over you. Every single person in here is looking at you. She is the most beautiful ethereal being I've ever seen, and she was dressed like Snow White and her dumb little Halloween corset. Is she a like, TikToker or a, a pedestrian? <laughs> no, she's she's a normie. Okay. And goddamn, it's on. It doesn't matter how many followers I have, I'll never be her, man. But yeah, it's like, oh, it drives me nuts to go out with her. I love her to death, but it's like so hard. Um, No. So we walk in, we see this guy. He's really, really cute. And then we kind of turn around, but I just like, I needed, once I had a drink, I didn't think I was going to go back and say hi. I felt like it was kind of done. And then once I had another drink, I was like, all right, let's like go back. And I just, my favorite thing to do is like pass by and say something interject as I'm like walking to the bathroom, like have another place that I'm going Mm. in case the conversation falls silent like if I just drive by said hi yeah like I love a drive-by a little drive-by shooting I like drive by I so I, I cruised by I was like oh my god you're not going to talk to us again and then I just kept walking and then when I came back from the bathroom he was like all right where are you guys standing and I was like okay come over here Cute. now did, was he following me for my friend or myself I have no idea but I scored the number so it's fine woohoo yeah um, yeah, something fun that I like to say to boys in bars. Is it and our favorite line setting. that's spreading far and wide? No, no, it is a line. I don't think you've even heard it before, Ashley. Um, I like saying so. They're just, I guess, they're just letting anyone in here, huh? It's <laughs> <laughs> really funny. That's great. My yeah. favorite uh, hinge opener is "Hey, ugly." <laughs> I love insulting them. Hey, ugly. <laughs> I love saying that. Any chance we get. But that's also funny for my favorite thing. They're just letting anyone in here these days. 
Yeah. That's great. No, you should say that for Raya if you're on Raya. They're just letting anybody in here. <laughs> Abby also oh, likes to say, and this one spread far and wide with my other friends, are you going to kiss me or not? Just what, after you've been talking for like two minutes or something. And yeah, it works that's not the first line, however. No, no. no like, a couple minutes yeah. of conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love I love like making them feel inferior. I love saying like, oh my God, are you so surprised that you're talking to me right now? Like, can you believe <laughs> it? <laughs> so- and it's, like, it's just so fun. Like, I just love it. But my, I learned the Hey Ugly from a friend who oh, matched with yeah. um, Pete Davidson on Raya like five years ago before he was like significantly a big deal, like right before Ariana Grande. Uh-huh. And she goes, Hey Ugly to him. <laughs> and I've always loved that she she was like one of the first people to humble Pete Davidson before it was too late. Wow. Um, That's incredible. Raya, you're, have you been on it? Is it like as fun as Yeah, I got kicked off though. No, it's not fun. I got kicked off. We're doing what? Like taking screenshots or something? Ugly. Yeah, why'd you get kicked off? For calling people ugly. (laughs) No, I um, (laughs) I knew I was ready to get kicked off. It was sort of like I sacrificed myself for the TikTok. Like I was like, one day I'm gonna make really funny TikTok about Raya, Mm. but I'm not ready to get kicked off yet. But one day I was like, I've seen what I needed to see. Everyone on here is so annoying. Talk. Yeah, it's like um talking about Scientology. Want to be a martyr? Yeah, exactly. Somewhere. I was like, "All right, I've I've seen enough." So I I made some TikTok and I showed John Mayer's profile on the TikTok, and sure enough, a couple Maybe hours I've later, seen it. okay, you're kicked Yeah, off. I've seen. Yeah, that might have been your TikTok. I watched it not that long ago. I think. Um, might have been me. Yeah, how silly. So to kind of bookend things a little bit, you were talking about big picture life earlier. Kind of since you are about to be 25, we are fresh 25s, newborn 25s. Um, big picture of like the first half of your 20s, hot take on it. Anyone that's listening that's minutely younger than us, what do you got for them? <laughs> oh, gosh. It's okay. Um, you t- it could be funny and dumb. It doesn't have to be insightful. <laughs> oh, thank you. No, I'll, I'll try <laughs> to be insightful. I think um, hmm. I always – I would give this advice – to everybody, I think that you need to focus on having fun. I really do. I I I understand that you know your twenties. It's the defining decade, and all that we've said leading up to this about boys and whatever. Of course, like focus on your career and whatever, but know that like it really does pan out. What's most important is that you make memories and you make great friends and you enjoy yourself. And honestly, mm-hmm. like if your job or whatever it is, if you're at a school that you don't like, like transfer. If you don't like your job find another one. Doesn't matter if it's going to put you on the right path or not. If as long as it pays and you're happier, do it. It's like really, it's not that big of a deal. You're in your twenties. It's not going to like determine everything. Just have a good time. It will take you where you need to go. We don't have to go down this road whatsoever since we don't need to talk for two more hours. But <laughs> <laughs> toxic positivity, you hate toxic positivity because yeah. if what, what's your stance on it? If it's not working, quit. If it's not working, change it. I just think it's like, oh my God, can we just be human beings? Like, yeah. I'm just so, I think there's too much on the internet. Such a, it used to be, this make me feel old, but like when I was first going viral on TikTok, the big thing was this toxic positivity. Like everybody was obsessed with positivity, the Tumblr girl era of positivity mm-hmm. and like sunshine and rainbows. And then it was like, and manifesting and whatever. Now the thing is like, um, people are obsessed with mean girl energy and are like, oh, she has mean girl energy. She has mean girl energy. And it's like, I just think that that's another way that we kind of keep women from being themselves is like making them scared of the idea of seeming mean as if we already mm-hmm. don't worry enough about seeming mean or um, ungrateful. unlikable, ungrateful, unladylike. Like what is so scary about mean girl energy? We all know what's mean versus what's honest. Yeah. I 
that people are already far too scared about seeming mean. I want to abolish this idea of mean girl energy. And a lot of these people, just as I used to say about toxic positivity, a lot of these quote unquote positivity influencers are people who will, will like drill it in you to death online or off that you must smile. You must do gratitude journals. You must be happy. You must just smile through everything. Those are some of the most rotten people I've ever met in my fucking life. Totally. And they're the least it's likely to help out a friend with their platform or generous with their they're money or whatever. They're too busy writing their journals. Right. Exactly. And then the people who now that I've I've moved to New York after this whole thing began and I have um, gotten more ingratiated with the comedy community, I've the most important lesson I've learned is that comedians whose whole shtick is like being mean and judgmental and tough up on stage, they are cuddly bears off stage and they are kind and genuine and honest and like people who are willing to be honest with you and aren't so afraid of seeming mean. It's because they know that they're not. So I just, my advice, I guess, would be stop being so afraid of like sounding mean or being interpreted as mean. If you're actually mean, it'll show. And if you're not, you're just going to sound fucking honest. And anyone who's intimidated by that is not your type of person. Hell yeah. Sign, seal, delivered, cut. That is the quote of the day. I actually love that. I think that's so true. And I think there's a lot of fakeness in our society, especially at our age. So I think that's really refreshing to hear, honestly, and a good wake up call for a lot of people probably about how they're being perceived and how they approach positivity in general and all of that stuff. So Another question we love to ask our guests at the end of our episodes is, do you have any books, podcasts, or movie recommendations, anything that you've seen, heard, read lately that you just think our audience would benefit from or enjoy? Yes. I'm I'm supposed to be promoting this. It was sent to me forever ago. Um, just I'm not, I'm not being paid or anything, but she sent me this book to read, and I told her that I would read it, and then if I liked it, I would share it, and that was forever ago. So I really need to do this. But Ruby Warrington wrote a book called Women Without Kids. It's great. I'm almost done with it. Um, it's very much like my type of thing. If you're into that, um, what else? I is that book pro women without kids? Is that for like people who are like I don't want to have kids to read it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like about be- living in a society that like makes you think you have to have kids. Um, it's a whole different conversation that I always talk about with my friends. A whole different mm-hmm. story. Though. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, was there anything else that was really a day? Um, I always have Rex. What else is good? I really enjoy um like nothing. I enjoy nothing. <laughs> no thoughts. Uh, funny. No, that's my whole thing. I don't know. Like not enough people of our generation are into Seinfeld. If you, yeah. you want to watch something, I know everyone's like I grew up in a Seinfeld home, not a friend's home. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I think it's a big difference. I grew up in a Fraser home. I'll beat you both. Oh, that's because oh, yeah, yeah. That your parents are older, so Fraser definitely fits the bill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fraser's great. Well, I just I see it. I I it, I guess it's top of mind. Everybody's rewatching Gilmore Girls right now. Like that's like the mm-hmm. fall thing. Everybody loves on our generation too, yeah. loves a nostalgia rewatch. Mm-hmm. And if you're gonna watch something old, watch Seinfeld. It will literally, if you liked the type of attitude that I've got or that we discussed in this episode, like you. if you like, us, like, like Seinfeld, you might like, you might like that misanthrope attitude, the honesty. Like it's, I think that you will like I mean, that. I think I wish Gen Z had more of that. Something so. that I Watch never it. forgot that Jerry said in some standup show that was like televised was he was like, I am too old to turn my neck. People are telling me, look at that, Jerry, look at that. And I'm too old. Like, I'm not going to turn my neck anymore. Like I'm done looking. Like, I don't care. Um, yep. Gary against turning your neck. 
Yeah. Yes. Okay. So where can the people find you if they don't follow you already for some reason? Oh, yeah. It's Talia Lickstein. Just type in Talia. It'll come up. It, my last name is hard to spell, but you'll find me eventually. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's two L or one L, but two T's. I, it's hard. Um, Just sniff around. And yeah, sniff around. You'll find it. Um, my podcast is called Basic Training with Jake Cornell, and it's every Monday. And that's it. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing your hot takes, your opinions, your honesty. And it's been so great chatting with you and getting to know you a little bit more, a peek under the hood. You're an absolutely <laughs> lovely gal. And if you're ever in Nashville, you need to hit me up. Absolutely yes. well. Los Angeles, give us, give me a ring. We'll, yeah. We've got all the details. We'll out. Yeah. We'll get Guys, a ring and we'll all... talk about boys. <laughs> He's in a pod. We really have a lot in common. <laughs> 